Hello everyone and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby podcast. I am your host Teresa Reese and y'all know how we do it. I am going to read a poem from my book of poetry entitled A Strong-Willed Mind Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry and the name of this poem is entitled He'll Fix It. Here we go. God cares too much for me to keep my heart hurting. So he awakened me early this morning. He asked, what's on your mind, my love? As if he didn't know. I'm so confused, I answered. Then the tears began to flow. They fell nonstop for quite some time. And as I kept on crying, he led me gently to my Bible. So I read a few scriptures. Some really touched my heart. One of them reminded me of my unborn son. I had so many unanswered questions. Why did he suddenly leave me? Why couldn't he stay? The memories were still fresh to me, and at times, myself, I blamed. I turned the pages of my Bible once again, searching for some answers, wanting the pain to end. I shut my eyes briefly, and a feeling of peace came over me. Yes, I was still hurting. But the pain began to ease as I accepted this reality of losing my baby. Sometimes I'd see him in a dream. Then when I'd wake up, my heart would start aching. Other times, I just felt empty. This is when I would pray to God quietly. I may not understand it all, but I know I'll be okay. I trust he'll fix it in the end. And I believe that my unborn son is in a much better place. And I wanted to elaborate on he'll fix it because yes, I have experienced a miscarriage suddenly, but I feel like a lot of suddenlies have taken place in my life in the past few months. 2020 was already a rocky year for me on so many different levels. 2021 is turning out to be quite similar. And I'm grateful for the reminder that he'll fix it. Because right now, that's what I need done. I need for God to fix my broken heart. And if I think I would have, like if I ever would have known that Having a broken heart wasn't always necessarily going to be connected to 
romantic relationships. I wonder if I would have done life differently. Because there was a lady that I listened to today and what she said, it resonated so well with me. She said, my heart has been broken so many times that it's like I have a whole bunch of many hearts. And I thought about that for a moment. And even though she said it in a comical light and I was in a position where I truly needed some laughter so that my heart wouldn't be so heavy, I thought about that. And I was like, you know what? Maybe that's what it is because it's been broken so many times to where I literally wonder sometimes like, okay, God, you tell us and we hear you won't put on us more than what we can bear. And yet, how strong do you really think we are? And the reason why I ask that question is because I'm like, surely you see that my heart was still broken. Surely you see that I was still grieving trying to get back to a sense of normalcy. Surely, you know I can't take all of this pain. You know, everybody who has been affected by this loss, you know, we're still grieving over my uncle. I'm grieving over my uncle and my grandfather. So I thought about it and I was like, God, I do trust you. I know that you don't make mistakes. And something came to my mind. Because a lot of times when you're dealing with loss, you can only think of your side of your prayer. Sometimes it's hard to think about what the other person might have been praying and why it is that that prayer was answered and trumped your prayer. So I thought about what my aunt was going through. I thought about, I don't know what it's like. I don't know what it feels like, but from what I hear is that Whenever you have cancer, that is very, very, very painful. So for her to have it throughout her entire body, brain, her brain behind her eye, like every, it was everywhere. So I can only imagine how painful it was whenever the medication was starting to wear off. And in her quiet time when we weren't visiting her, in her quiet time when she was waiting for another person to come in and check her vitals. This is me just imagining what she possibly was going through. Could it have been that she was asking God to deliver her from the pain? And here it was, we were asking God to preserve her life so that we could say goodbye. But maybe she wanted to as she transitioned, remember us the way she did when she was better. And 
I thought about that and I was like, God, I'm, I don't want to be selfish. I know that everything happens, happen, it happens for a reason. And you did allow me an opportunity to spend quality time with my aunt. And for that, I'm forever grateful. And you did allow my dad to be present as she took her last breath. And I'm sure that that was something that he needed in order for him to be able to make peace with that situation. And you're the great I am. So because you're the great I am, nothing catches you off guard. And I just thought, that's what you do though. You hear every single person's petition. You hear every single person's prayer. And although I was literally praying, God, please let her hold on. Let me just get to her, please. She could have been praying, God, I'm ready. Let's do this. And of course, her prayer is going to trump my prayer because my prayer was more of a selfish prayer as her prayer was, I've done all that I can do. I don't want to be in pain. To be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord. And nine times out of 10, she would have preferred to just be present with the Lord and have no more pain. No more sorrow, no more crying, just to be completely at peace. And when I think about my aunt, I think about how she would really want me to find a way to move forward to move forward but what is looking I don't that's the thing when you experience so much loss what does moving forward even look like and so of course I have to take this day by day of course, I have to find a way to mend my broken heart and pray that my dad's heart heals. And I remember I had created when I went through what I went through with my daughter because I needed an outlet. I needed something to redirect my energy, redirect my focus because I was so heartbroken and devastated and traumatized and hurt and just angry and every emotion I could think of in terms of what I was going through after finding out about her trauma. And I remember that I tried to create an actual, I don't know if it was a website or if it was a email, but I literally typed beautifully broken because I was like, God, you don't make mistakes. If you allowed it to happen, if you allowed it to come to 
this. You knew, because you know our beginning and you know our end. So there must be something beautiful in the brokenness. There must be something that I don't necessarily see yet, that I don't necessarily understand yet. There must be something beautiful that's going to come out of this trauma, that's going to come out of this pain, that's going to come out of this hurt. There has to be, right? At least that's the reasoning that I put before me so that I could try to press forward. So that I could try to get back to how I was, similar to how I was at least, prior to becoming so devastated. and Because it cripples you. There are certain traumas that just literally cripple you. Like I, when I heard my sister say that we may have three hours if that left with my aunt. I went from this intelligent person to not, I couldn't even think straight. I didn't, I literally forgot how to speak for a moment. I forgot how to stand up. Like I literally lost all manner of senses and I just didn't know what to say, what to do, how to move. It's like a crippling effect. It just, I, it's something that you don't realize how vital and how important certain people in your life are until you face their demise. You don't realize how instrumental and how intricate they played so many, like so many important roles. If you're close to them, you don't realize the impact of how it is that they impacted your life until their demise. And it's like a floodgate opens up and you start to think of all of the memories that you shared, all the conversations that you had, all the things that you did together. And I'm wondering if that is how his comforter manifests after you've experienced a loss. I wonder if this is how God helps us to heal. If this is why it's so important to think on those things that are true. Think on those things that are of virtue. That are of good report. That be praiseworthy. Why it is that these memories start flooding into your mind. To where they don't stop. It's like watching a movie. And I remember trying to go to sleep last night tried so hard and all of the conversations that I had with my aunt was just flooding my mind and I was like Lord part of me felt guilty because the bond that I had with my aunt my children didn't get a chance to have that bond and I'm like y'all don't even know how beautiful her soul was 
You just know that I was close to her. But you just really don't know how beautiful her soul was and how kind she was and giving and thoughtful. So I know that God will fix it. I know that eventually when I have certain thoughts of my aunt, when I have certain thoughts of my grandfather, when I have certain thoughts of my uncle, I know that eventually the sting won't hurt as bad. The pain won't hurt as bad. It'll still be tender. It'll still hurt. I won't cry as much. I know that it's coming. I pray that it's coming. But like I was telling someone, I'm really ready for this to stop. Like I have never wanted to be a person that was familiar or so familiar with pain. I've always wanted to be that person that was more familiar with joy and peace and happiness and kindness and love. Pain is too painful. And I truly try to avoid it like the plague. And I remember I used to say long, long time ago, I don't say that no more because I feel like child, it's like, but I feel like it's like put the curse on yourself. Don't even, you don't even know you're doing it. But I used to say, oh, I have a high tolerance for pain. I don't say that anymore. Because truth be told, no, I don't. No, I do not. I don't want to tolerate pain. I don't want to welcome pain like that. I know it's going to come. I know that people pass away. I know that things, circumstances change. I know that life changes. You relocate. You just a whole, it's just life. Life is something else. But I don't want to co-sign for saying I have a high tolerance for pain. Because I don't want to have a high tolerance for pain. I don't even want to feel pain half the time. So to say that I have a high tolerance for pain means that I'm willing to tolerate it. And I'm not. I may have to every once in a while, but I don't want to co-sign for that. So as I look over the past couple of days, think about everything that manifested oh so quickly. I know God will fix it. I know he'll fix my broken heart. I know he'll fix my dad's broken heart. I know he'll fix my mom's broken heart. And all of us, my siblings, everybody impacted by this deep loss. And today I I got to see my dad smile because I walked into his room and I was like, Dad, I took off for you. And he just smiled. I was like, I'm literally right in the other room. You need me, just call. And I felt like I needed to be there because a lot of times people, when they go through, they don't really say that they need help. I know I've been guilty of that. And sometimes they may not at the moment need help, but just knowing that someone is present, 
knowing that someone is present will make the world a difference. And it was nice. It was just nice to be there. It was nice to be with my mom. We took a, a stroll together, which I haven't walked in a minute, but it was nice to walk with my mom and listen to her and listen to her reminisce and, you know, just being there. It's helpful. It's a part of healing too. When you're with your loved ones, when you talk to your loved ones, when you just try to get through it together. I believe that when you're with your family and your friends, I even saw my best friend today and spent some time with her and I was grateful. We had dinner together and I was like, thank you. Thank you for adjusting your schedule to spend time with me. And it was just, it was nice to see a familiar face. And I think it's pretty cool whenever you have a friendship. If you don't have a friendship like this, I pray that you find someone like this where I can be completely vulnerable around her and she could be completely vulnerable around me and there's no judgment. So if I break down crying, I don't have to worry about her child. She should be over it. <laughs> um, she needs to move on. Like, I don't, I don't have to worry about that. And I love that. I love being around people that genuinely care about my spirit man, my soul, my, my existence. Um, and that I don't have to always be strong around because that's a pressure in and of itself to feel like you got to be strong all the time like I literally don't want to be strong all the time um, sometimes it's necessary because I am a single mother but sometimes I just want to be able to cry in my freaking pillow sometimes I just want to turn everything off including my phone and just sleep not answer any questions not pick up the phone, not send any text messages, just sleep. Sometimes I just want to take care of me. And today I had the opportunity to do both, to take care of myself and to take care of my parents. And it was necessary, probably more than I knew. It was very, 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 very necessary. But I just, I guess part of me is tired of it taking a loss. And maybe that's part of my issue is that I don't take time out for me prior to some type of tragedy taking place. And I really, really need to change that. I gotta figure out how to transition that to where I'm not only taking time away when something bad happens, where I literally am consciously aware that, girl, you need to check in with yourself. Not because something necessarily is going wrong, but just to make sure that I'm good mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, psychologically. A lot of times people snap 
or a lot of times people lose self-control because they didn't do the inventory of self. They just kept operating like everything was okay while they were bleeding internally putting a bandage here and putting a bandage there and the whole time just literally not even not even breathing right like I caught myself and I noticed when I'm under stress I know and this is crazy but I literally have become more aware and I noticed that when I'm under a lot of stress I have a tendency to hold my breath for a long time like and I didn't even realize that I was doing it until recently but I, I will, I hear something say breathe, like, and I'm just like, oh, oh, okay. Like I had to remind myself to take a deep breath, to let it out. But I didn't realize that I literally, when I'm under stress, I hold my breath. And I was like, this is a terrible habit. I got to break this. So now what I do I try to be consciously aware of you need to breathe. Make sure you're breathing. Take a deep breath. Because I wasn't doing that. And minutes would go by. And I wasn't at the point of passing out, but I mean, that's just not, that's just a terrible habit. It's a terrible, terrible habit for you to look up and realize that you're holding your breath. Like I'm not in or underwater, just holding it because I don't know, it's just a bad habit I developed. Um, and so now I'm trying to be more consciously aware of, you need to breathe, Teresa. Take some of that pressure off of your heart. Breathe in. Breathe out. Breathe in. Breathe out. Breathe in. Breathe out. Take the pressure off your heart. Release it. Let it go. Let him fix it. Let him fix your brokenness. Let him fix the anxiety. Let him fix your hurt. Let him fix every trauma that you've experienced. The impact of that trauma. How it affected you. Let him fix how you view life. Let him fix how you view death. Let him fix how you view yourself. Let him fix how you view others. He'll fix it. If you let him. But you can't do it all by yourself. Nor should you want to. You should want to find someone's shoulder to lean on who is dependable, who won't let you down, who will allow you to be your authentic self, and who will allow you to grieve. 
and truly grieve. Not to scratch the surface, but to get that heaviness off of your heart. Because you never know, especially since we don't know like when the funeral is gonna be, but I know that it's necessary for me to get my heart posture right, get my mind right, because this is just phase one. Next, we gotta prep for the funeral. I need to be mentally prepared for that. It's one thing I've also learned about myself. I can't stand to see a grown man cry. It tears me up. So seeing my dad as vulnerable as he's been these past few days, just trying to keep it together. I'm just trying to keep it together because seeing him hurting, that bothers me. Seeing my brothers hurting, it bothers me. Not saying that men can't cry, not saying that men can't hurt, but it's just a little different. When you when you see, and my, this is just me thinking, when I see a grown man crying, that shows me the magnitude of the pain. Because men, the way that they're set up, they're set up to take a whole lot. So whenever they're crying, that pain is real. That's some that's some unbearable type of pain. That's some type of pain that they can't hold it up and be macho. They gotta release that. They gotta let that go. Cause it hurts too much and it's too heavy on the heart. So when I see a grown man cry, that just tugs at my heart. Because I already hate to I hate for people to hurt anyway. But seeing a grown man cry that's just a whole nother takes it to a whole nother level for me and so I must allow God to fix it to fix my heart to fix my parents hearts to fix my siblings and my aunts and my uncle and to just ensure that we love better we love now and we love intentionally going forward. But yeah, let them fix it. In my opinion, if you do, you're glad you did. And I know I hear this so often weeping may endure for a night. The joy cometh in the morning. I remember one pastor said, and I feel like that was so, so wise. He said, yes, that is scripture. Weeping may endure for a night. The joy cometh in the morning. However, the only thing about that is, we don't know how long the night will last. I hope this episode will bring encouragement to someone, reflection to someone, insight to someone. However, before I end the episode in its entirety, I am going to read a letter addressed to my future hubby. 
and it is dated March the 18th of 2021. And it reads, Dear Future Hubby, I used to hear people say to me that I was bad luck. And instead of rebuking them, I would laugh, not realizing this could be considered as quote unquote coming into agreement with them. However, now I realize that it wasn't bad luck per se. Truth is, bad things really do happen to good people. But when this occurs, if we are not careful, we can start to believe the lie and think that we are bad luck. So today, I spend time casting down imaginations that attempted to exalt themselves above the word of God and who he says I am. I believe God's report of who he says I am. Even though I feel like this cloud of darkness is hovering over me sometimes. I spent today building my parents up, letting them know I was there for them, especially my dad, because I can only imagine how deep his pain is running with losing both his brother and his big sister. And his big, he's actually his big brother, so losing his big brother and his big sister in less than four months. My prayer is that God continue to watch over my grandmother as she mourns the loss of her husband, my grandfather, after being married for 63 years. God, please continue to watch over my dad as he grieves the loss of his big brother and his big sister. Please comfort our family like only you can, God. Mend our broken hearts. Help us to think on those things that are of good report, praiseworthy, of virtue. Help us to think on those things that are good concerning our loved ones whom we have lost suddenly. Continue to order my steps, God. Look, I may not understand any of this, but God, I still trust you. This is my prayer. I love you, love Teresa. So if you are someone who has experienced a deep loss, understand that you are not alone that we truly must take it day by day. And remember, God is not giving you the spirit of fear. God is giving you the spirit of power, of love, and sound mind. And I had to remind myself about having a sound mind a lot today. Because what will happen if you're not careful especially when you have a bond with your loved one and you are trying to get to them before they pass away. The devil will be crafty in making you think all these crazy thoughts and help 
like you will forget if you're not careful all the good that you did leading up to your loved one's demise. And so I had to cast down all of these imaginations to get into a place of servitude, to be present for my parents and not feel guilty that although my heart's desire was to say goodbye to my aunt, that's not what the will of God was. And that doesn't mean that he doesn't hear my prayers. It means that he heard hers and whoever was praying a more peaceful prayer over what I prayed. And he's God. He has the right to do that. But if we're not careful, we can start to let that fester on our minds and on our hearts. Some people, they get so angry with God. They're like, I'm never praying to you again because you didn't answer my prayer. I don't think that's wise. But he's so great. He understands. He's so patient too. Even if you get to the point that you're like, I'll never pray to you again. He's, he'll wait. He'll wait for you to be in a situation where you need him. And the minute that you say, Abba, Father, Lord, help. Oh my God. Those are still prayers. And he'll listen to you. But once I realized that this was about my aunt no longer suffering. Once I realized that the appointment that I had with her was a few weeks prior to her passing away. Once I accepted those things that I could not change, it was easier for me to operate in servitude to my parents. Because I didn't want to put that pressure on their heart. I didn't want to talk about what coulda, woulda, shoulda happened prior to because there's nothing that can be done about it at all. Now all I can do is do my very best to love on my parents. Now all I can do is let them know I'm available to them. And the other thing I could do is make sure that I take care of myself so that there's no residue of guilt lingering unaware. So I had to have that talk with God. I had to confess where I was hurting. I had to give it to him. He knows my thoughts anyway. There's no point in me trying to pretend like <laughs> I got when I'm really not. Not at all. And so it was nice to just surrender that to him. And just, I have um, people that I believe that God has placed in my life that they let me be completely vulnerable. They let me talk about it. They let me type about it. They let me text about it. They let me get it off my chest. They let me know that they're there for me. And I thank God for my support group. I thank God for my support group. 
I am eternally grateful for the people that he has allowed to be in my life that will let me say what I need to say, cry if I need to cry, scream if I need to scream, that I get to get it out, get it off my chest. I'm grateful. I'm grateful for them. Because anybody that tells you that losing someone who is near and dear to your heart, anybody that says, oh, you'll be fine, they're being insensitive. Because, yes, eventually you will be fine. But when it happens initially, that's the last thing on your mind. It's being fine. You're trying to get through it. And sometimes people try to expedite the process of grief. They try to rush you to heal. But there's danger when you rush. I've seen it too many times. There's danger when you rush. That's why the Bible says be anxious for nothing but in all things through prayer and supplication make your request known unto God. Being anxious could truly become dangerous if you're not careful. So if you're grieving, allow yourself to grieve. Don't be ashamed that your heart is broken. Don't pretend like you're okay when you're really not. I've had my highs, I've had my lows, I've had my ups, I've had my downs. I've had my moments when I literally wanted my mother as a grown woman where all I wanted was for my mother to be in my presence because I could not see how in the world I was going to be able to get over that particular area of grief. There are times when I've wanted my father present. There are times that I've wanted my siblings, my friends. I'm calling on somebody. But to try to go at it alone, to try to do it by yourself, to isolate yourself while you're hurting is dangerous. Get the help you need. Call someone. And you will find, because this is something that I noticed when a dear friend of mine had a loss. This is something that is hard to swallow, it's hard to digest for some people. You will find that when you are at your lowest of lows, there are some people that you call friend, quote unquote, who are only present when you can do something for them when they can get something from you, but they do not know how to be there for you when you are vulnerable and when you are in need of some true, true, down in the trenches help. Pay close attention when you are going through who is there for you. 
Don't ignore it. Don't pretend like you don't see it. Pay close attention. It's not always pretty. Sometimes it's some real bona fide truth sermon. But just pay attention. Not saying you got to do anything irrational. Not saying that you got to respond quickly and be like, mm, so you ain't really my friend. I see you ain't got to do none of that. But pay close attention. Because a lot of times you don't know who is truly genuinely for you until you are going through hell. I hope y'all have the most amazing day evening, morning, afternoon, whenever it is that you hear this episode. But please, do me a huge favor and be sure to take care of yourself because there is only one you. Signing out, your girl Teresa. Y'all have a blessed one. Bye.